0: It is so good to be here today, and this was our first opportunity to uh, see your new digs. We are so rejoicing with you. I tell you, I just walked around. I rejoiced before because I watched online as Pastor Aaron shared the story of, of this place and how this came about for you to occupy this place. And So I've been looking forward to the opportunity. My, my heart is just filled to overflowing, rejoicing in the good things of the Lord. You know, and I'm thankful. I never used, well, I never. We often use the term I own or we own. We don't really own anything, do we? Yeah, we don't own this. We're stewards of everything, aren't we? So I'm thankful for the congregation that was a steward of this place first, and they made it available for you to become stewards of it. And I'm just believing God, he's not only going to do, he's doing great things now and will continue to move in that way. As wonderful and as thankful as we are for a facility, I'm most thankful for the spirit of God. He's here with us today, isn't He? The Word says that He, that He inhabits the praises of our people, and uh, so that's why this becomes a place of habitation for Him as we lift up our praises to Him. I want to thank your pastor, Pastor Aaron and Wendy, also for your faithfulness and service to the Lord. Um, you know, he has taken that leadership of move, and he, I have to tell you, he's taken it to a new level. From my vantage point, Lex, listen, I've been around for a while, okay? So uh, I know, and uh, he's doing a bang-up job of that. He's taking it to a whole new level. So I want to thank you also, because he's your missionary, you know. He, he's, he's, you're making it possible for him to do this, so thank you for sharing him with the rest of the world and with Open Bible Churches. And I also know that the reason that can take place is because there's a fine woman back here, and Wendy also. (laughs) Thank you, Wendy. (laughs) Believe me, I know how that is. And I wanna thank you for your support of Open Bible Churches, your giving, your prayer. You're a house of prayer. You're giving your faithfulness to our ministries around the world. We're in 47 countries now besides uh, the United States. And God is doing some amazing things there. The enemy fights harder than ever before. But he is able. Amen? So thank you for your involvement in all of those ministries. Have you noticed, have you noticed that people are kind of testy today? I mean, we live in contentious times, don't we? I mean, people, it seems like they specialize in getting offended, right? It doesn't take much. It's like people just kind of like, here, you want to knock this off, you know? Have that sort of outlook and attitude. And we've gone through so many things in our country. From There's political divisiveness. There always has been. It seems like we keep taking it to a new level. You know, there's been such great racial strife. There's been the the division over police that we've gone through that just as torn our country apart. We've had crime rates exploding. We've had the riots and the destructions of cities. You know, we've had the, the invasion of the capital. We've had debate about taxation. And there's this thing called COVID. Have you heard of COVID, you know? And that's caused division between people also. People are ready to get offended with one another just over that and what we do about COVID. There's been all this thing that's this overwhelming us about gender confusion in this country. and And it's just overwhelming the things that are taking place. And so we, we live in a country today where there a major segment of the population seems to specialize in taking offense. And you and I must be on guard that we not fall into that same mode because you know what? It happens in churches too. There are churches that are just being split in two, division taking place, and it's not even over theology. It's over little stuff. Things that are not that material to eternity that people are becoming in conflict with one another. So the more I live, the longer I live, the the more I have come to realize that much of life consists of choices. Choices are how we most frequently respond to situations. Circumstances, decisions, events, tragedies, victories, or things that people say you name it, things over which we have no control. How do we respond to those? What will be our outlook? What will be our conviction on that matter? What will be our reaction to that? And I've come to realize also that the more choices you make in life, they sort of become patterns in life. And patterns become a way of life. And patterns affect the destiny of your life. It all starts with the little choices along the way. You start accumulating the choices, they become the patterns, and the patterns become a way of life. So I feel like the Lord has been bringing things together this morning. I believe there's a, there's a, a resonating force of the, of, the, of the Holy Spirit this morning because of things I've heard this morning, both from, from a brother here sharing our word from the Lord and the Holy Spirit. I believe there's something the Lord is wanting to say to us today, and that is this. I think never in my life, my life and your life, has it ever been more important for us to make this choice. And that is the choice to be thankful. Mentioned it here this morning. Let's be thankful. No matter what it is, no matter what we're facing, let's be thankful. Thankful, And that's what I feel the Lord impressing upon me to share about with you today. And this has a very personal and an emotional connection for me. I wanna start out by telling you that in all those years of service, I became the vice president of when we had Open Bible College in Des Moines when I was 24 years old. Became president when I was 29 years old. And all of that responsibility was thrust upon me. Hiring, firing, faculty, cafeteria, dormitories, the main facility, 50-person, 50 50-child 50 daycare, all of that was on me, and uh, so uh, there were many students there who were my age or older than I, wore a lot of 3 piece suits in those days, just t- tried to look as old as I could. I don't do that anymore now. It's funny, I don't seem to be as worried about looking older today, <laughs> but I did that, and, and uh, the God gave favor, but there were, there was, it was a tough time because I came into the college when there had been a vacuum of leadership, and... Um, Whenever there's a vacuum of leadership, someone will fill it. And that leads to kind of an anarchy kind of situation. We had that taking place. And so one of my first quests as this young guy was to just get this place under control, frankly. And uh, that was a a big challenge. But the Lord was good. However, it meant I faced some real difficulties at times. And we, over the period of the previous years, there had been a kind of a, a tradition that had developed where the senior class would one day unannounced would take a skip day. Now that's not that unusual that happens in a lot of schools. They just don't tell anybody they go off and have a great fun day. Good. Fine. Go have a fun day. But for some reason over the previous years there had been a habit that had been had developed and that was it would also be a little bit of a vandalism day before they left. That's exactly what I thought, you know. So <laughs> and and we didn't know about it so uh barbara and i came pulling up to the college one day and i first began to see the signs of it it wasn't just the toilet paper all over it was it was the vaseline and peanut butter and garlic smeared on windows and screens and doorknobs and plus plus other things now we have to understand i was so committed caring for this college I was being a steward also and I knew that there were congregations like this supporting that college including many fixed income people giving sacrificially for that and I was being feisty for them okay and I I came driving up to that place and you could just see the smoke starting to come out my ears I was steamed frankly I was not happy at all I was ticked off is what I'm telling you okay I came walking in that front entrance I walked in and I looked around and they had a door in the entryway with all kinds of stuff. And I know my face was red. It doesn't take much from my face to get red. But it was red and you could see the fire in my eyes. And there was a student, I think he was about a sophomore probably, who'd been standing across on the other side of the reception area. He'd been waiting for me to arrive. He wanted to see me. He wanted to watch my reaction. Unfortunately, I gave it to him. He came walking up to me. He was, he was smaller than I, shorter, so he kind of looked up into my face and said, Good morning, Brother Bach. There was a little bit of, not just a teasing, a little bit of a leering sound in that voice, which I did not need right then. <sighs> Folks, I'm, I'm ashamed to tell you this, and it breaks my heart now, all these decades later when I tell you this, that I look back at him and there was... Fire in my eyes as I looked into his eyes and I heard these words snap out of my mouth. What's good about it? The moment those words came out of my mouth, I felt like an arrow of the Holy Spirit. In me. Here I was, the guy who would stand up in chapel and do my best Shuler imitation, I guess, to say, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. What's good about it? What a hypocrite. How can I stand up there and talk like that? And yet when it gets tough, when the going gets tough, and something happens that I don't like, then I get steamed, and I get ticked off, I'm going to pout, in essence, and say, what's good about it? I was heartbroken. I looked into his eyes. It's just split seconds. This takes place, you know. I looked into his eyes, and I saw the shock and the disappointment. I knew he looked back in my eyes and saw my humiliation my embarrassment, and my disappointment. I couldn't say anything, say anything more. I wheeled around. I walked back, walked up to the stairs, walked to my office, closed the door, and put my head in my hands and began to weep and weep and weep and weep because I had to repent before God. How dare I say, what's good about today? This is the day the Lord has made. This is a gift from God. I wasn't promised this day. This is a gift from him this day. And how could I say that to someone I'm wanting to influence? Say what's good about this day. I repented before God and I made a vow before God. God, those words will never come out of my mouth again. And they never have except for telling this story. They will never come out of my mouth again. God, I'm accountable before you. I had to go find that student, he was working at a job that afternoon. I had to go find him and say, Rich, I said something today I know disappointed you. I embarrassed myself and I grieved the Holy Spirit and I'm so sorry, will you forgive me? Of course he graciously did, he forgave me and the Holy Spirit forgave me. But that's why I say this subject of being thankful has emotional connection for me because I realize how far short I fell that day that when things got difficult, I was, I was too ready to abandon everything that I say I should be thankful. I mean, we all say that. Yes, we're thankful. Yes, we're thankful. We'll find out when the going gets tough. That's when we find out how thankful we really are at that point. Praise God. He's so good to us. So, so here's the thing. The real key to us today is how we respond to life reveals who we really are. It's one thing for us to praise the, God, praise the Lord here, and thank God we can. But you and I both know the real test is when we go out there, amen? When we're faced with the difficult situations, the things that disappoint us, the things that hurt us, the things that irritate us greatly, who will we be at that point? Well, being thankful means this, expressing gratitude. That's really at the heart of it. That our being is overflowing with gratitude at all times to the Lord. And God's word is packed with a wealth of verses. We're going to look at just a few of them this morning of what he has to say to us. But let's pray first. Father, we thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your presence here with us. Lord, we pray you've been blessed by our praises this morning. And now we come, Lord, to receive from you also in your word. Our hearts are open. Tune our hearts and our spirits to your frequency, we pray, oh God. I know because I'm just like everybody else here. I could be thinking about a thousand things right now when I'm sitting in a a chair, chair here. I could be thinking about what I'm going to do this afternoon, about a game, what I'm going to do tomorrow, what I have on my schedule, all those things. Lord, we park all of that now. We give these moments. We dedicate these moments to you. Holy Spirit, speak to us, we pray. In Jesus' name, and God's people can say. 1 Thessalonians 5:8, 5, 5:18 rather. 1 Thessalonians 5:18 says, "Be thankful in all circumstances for this is God's will for you who belong to Jesus Christ." All right class, in what circumstances? What circumstances? All. all circumstances? All circumstances. He didn't give us any outs at all there, did he? He said, in all circumstances, he didn't just say it's a pretty good idea. It isn't something maybe it's done a seasonal thing when everything's going right. He said, in all circumstances, give, be thankful. And why? Because this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. And any given day, we need to know I want to walk in the will of God. People will say, well, I just need to know God's will for me. Well, let's start right there. You know, sometimes we think about God's will in terms of my calling, what I will do with my life, where I will live, all of those kinds of things. We need to go more basic than that right to begin with when we talk about the will of God. Who does God want us to be? How does God want us to conduct ourselves? And he says right here, be thankful in all circumstances for this is the will, God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Now, I've discovered that sometimes in order to better understand what something is, it's helpful to understand what it is not. Okay, So here's what I'm realizing about thankfulness. The more I devote time to this and I think about this and pray about this for my own life. Thankfulness is not something that is sent from or provided by God. Now, I am certainly open to be corrected. There are probably many people here who have better command and more scripture memorized than I do. But I've not yet. You correct me if so. Well, not this moment. Tell me afterwards. But <laughs> so far, I have not found a scripture that says, God makes me thankful. Think about that for a moment. He has made me glad. Yes, God does all these things. I will rejoice. In yes, but in terms of being thankful, that's not something God forces upon us. There isn't a button that he pushes that says, now you will be thankful. We know that God loves us. He saves, he heals, he fills, he stores, teaches, provides, blesses, disciplines, touches, he grants wisdom. He does all of those things, but there is no gift of thankfulness. Thankfulness is our response to all those things. Thankfulness is our responsibility. Thankfulness is our accountability before God. He does everything else for me. All I got to do is say, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Every day receiving the, goodness, things, the good things that God wants to do for us. Another scripture, Ephesians 5, 18 and 20. And it says, and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Here we go. What things? Everything. He makes this abundantly clear, doesn't he? All times everything no exceptions we are to be thankful as i stand before you god's still working on me with this i think i'm doing better than i was decades ago when i told that young man what's good about this day but god's not done with me okay so as i stand here before you today i'm not here with a word of judgment or condemnation i'm not wagging my finger at anyone here today I'm saying we are all in the same boat, and we need to allow the, the the power of the word to penetrate our hearts, and the Holy Spirit to help us that we walk in obedience to Him, Amen. Amen. That we walk truly in thankfulness before Him. Some of you may have read Corey Tenboon's book, The Hiding Place. First came out in I think the 1970s. Has been in so many prints, printings. It may have. I don't know if he's even in print now, but Cory Ten Boom and her younger sister were imprisoned in a Nazi concentration camp in World War II. It was miserably wretched. Her sister never survived. Cory got out alive from the camp. Uh, you know about the concentration camps in World War II. This was a woman's concentration camp. And their barracks that they lived in, it was totally infested with fleas, you go to bed, your bed would be full of fleas. You put on your clothes and your underwear, there are fleas. Very appealing picture. Fleas occupied this place, controlled the place. And Corey and her sister and all the other women labored under the difficult enough as it was in a concentration camp. One day, Corey and her sister were walking across the grounds and her sister said to her, they're both believers. Her sister said, "Cori." Maybe we should thank God for the fleas. I think Corey felt like I did that day when I walked into the building. <laughs> when her sister said she wanted to hit her is what she wanted to do, you know, like a good younger sister, you know, that, you know, what on earth are you talking about? You know, be thank, thank God for fleas. Corey began to reflect on it and began to realize it was the only barracks in all those women's barracks known for being infested in fleas. And the guards avoided going in there. They routinely assaulted the women in all the other barracks, but not in that one. They wouldn't go in there. Plus, Corey and her sister were able to conduct Bible studies. Couldn't do that anywhere else. They could do it. Why? Because of the fleas. Now, that would have been a stretch for me to say, thank you, Lord, for the fleas. Okay? But Corey learned a powerful lesson from her younger sister that day on how God does move in us and through us in odd and strange ways. We know this from a, in a secular sense, that giving thanks makes you happier. A Harvard Medical School study, this is not a theology school, okay? Harvard Medical School studies did this. They took one group, they asked them, will you write about things that you're grateful for that occurred during the week? A second group, they said, well, you write down all the things that irritated you during the week. Keep the list, you know, write down that list of all those things. And a third group, they asked, write down if it was just anything neutral this week. that had no effect on you whatsoever, positive or negative. After 10 weeks, those who wrote about gratitude were more optimistic and felt better about their lives. They also exercised more and had fewer visits to physicians than those who focused on sources of aggravation. Just some natural things that take place because what's happening in us and our thankfulness. We know this, what choosing to be thankful does. First of all, thankfulness then is like a spiritual vitamin. Thankfulness produces more thankfulness. If you discover that, the more you walk into thankfulness, the more you'll find to be thankful about. It's just like it has yeast in it. The more you thank God, the more you become thankful the more you walk into that realm, the more you discover there is to be thankful for in him. Thankfulness transforms your outlook and your relationships. Now, I want you to all look straight forward to me. Don't look to the right or the left. You know that there are some people you don't want to ask them, how are you today? You know what I'm talking about. Don't look around. Okay. Okay. Because no matter what would happen that day, they have a big can of black paint and they have this big old brush always dipped in it. And as soon as you ask that question, you start painting this guy black. Everything could be coming up great, but there'd be something wrong with that day. I've gotten to the point, there are some people I realize I'd be more strategic and say, hey, you know, well, what's the Lord doing in your life today? (laughs) I don't want to ask, how are you doing today? doesn't mean we don't care. It does not mean we are not compassionate. You know what I'm saying here, though. When people become, pre- become intensely focused on what they don't have, it's the opposite of thankfulness. Thankfulness does transform your outlook and your relationships. It's an antidote for negativity in your life. You may live around other people who are very negative. The best thing you can do is take your spiritual vitamin, giving thanks to the Lord. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord for all that he's done in your life. Let's look again back at at 1 Thessalonians 5.18. We remember that thankful, being thankful is not just a good idea. It's not just good for us. It is God's will for us in all circumstances. All right, so if God's not done with us, he's not done with me. If I want to live a life full of thankfulness, How do we do it? If you're a note taker, I'm going to give you five steps. Now, there isn't any formula. You do this and there's a guarantee. But I'm going to give you five steps this morning that I think are key to how you can learn to become more of a thankful person. Be transformed into a thankful person. These are very basic. They're foundational. But I think they could change your life. First of all, number one is choose to thank God for his grace and his salvation. Folks, sometimes that's all you have. On your darkest day, when everything is going wrong, when everything you wanted to turn out a certain way has turned out the opposite of that, when everything seems terrible, on that day, you can be thankful. Why? Because of this. God's grace and salvation in your life. And some of you have probably been in that place. When you have nothing else to cling to. You can't figure out why things are turning out the way they are. You are frustrated by that. You don't even understand what God's up to at that point. That's where real faith kicks in. I don't understand anything that's happening around me. But God, I have you. I have you. I know your grace. I know your salvation in my life. And if everything else taken away, just like a job, even when he's tried me, I'll come forth as pure gold. I can be thankful for what the Lord is doing and has done in my life. Second, choose to thank God for what you have instead of focusing on what you do not have. These are very basic again, I'm telling you, but it makes all the difference in the world. Choose to thank God for what you have instead of focusing on what you do not have. You've seen the old thing about are you looking at a half empty or a half full glass of water, you know. Which are you? Now, listen, all of us are naturally inclined in one direction or another. There are some people that get out of bed and they're just going to have a great day no matter what. You know, they just have that orientation of that makeup. There are other people that get out of bed and say, coffee. Don't talk to me until I've had coffee. Barbara, I don't know anybody like that, do you? I mean, don't talk to me until I've had my first cup of coffee. I mean, we all just have different orientations here, okay? Okay. But but all of us can choose to be thankful for what we have instead of focusing on what we do not have. This was so impressed upon me when I was at my mom's deathbed. My mom was 87 years old. We knew it was time for her. I was seated on one side of her bed. My dad, who was almost 90, was seated on the other side of the bed. Some of you have been here where you're watching some it's a death watch. And and you're watching, and you're almost it's an odd feeling, but for a loved one you're saying, Lord, take her, take her, Lord please, take her, you know. It's a strange, strange feeling. But you know it's time, and 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 so you're, you're wanting to let go, and so you're you're watching and agonizing with your loved one. And my, my mother and I I watched her as her breaths became shallower and shallower, and dad watching her face, and I'm watching her face. I don't know what else to do, but just sit there and ask the Lord to tend to her. And then she stopped. I got up and I leaned over and put my ear down to her nose and her mouth, and there was nothing there. I looked up at my dad and said, Dad, she's gone. My dad, without missing a beat, his eyes fixed on the face of that woman he'd been married to for 65 years and they'd still be married today if they, were, if they were alive, looked into her face and these are the words that came out of his mouth. Honey, I'm so thankful for all the wonderful years we had together. Wow. Thankful. Thankful. You know, Dad and I'd gone through the role reversal by then. I was watching out for him. But I sat there and realized I'm still learning. I'm still learning from my dad. In fact, a couple weeks later, we were in a, he was in a care facility there and I saw how he responded beautifully. Have you noticed that whatever you are in life, you become more of it as you get older? That's why I think we have older people that are either very sweet or cranky. Seriously, you and I are practicing for what we will be someday. I'm not kidding you. My dad was a sweet man. He got sweeter. At the, at the end, there, and he had that disposition and that spirit, and it was, and it was a focus on thankfulness. And I told him that day, I, I, I saw how he responded to very difficult circumstances. I said, Dad, you know what? I'm still learning from you. You're still teaching me. He looked up and his eyes got big. I am? I said, Yes, you are. I love what you're modeling for me. Your spirit and your heart. Full of thankfulness. Paul wrote to the Philippians saying, I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Third, choose to thank God for the people in your life. Do you know God's placed some special people in your life? Never want to overlook that. Never want to take them for granted. In fact, it says in, in Acts Paul, as he saw people coming to him, he said, at the, it says, at the sight of these men, Paul thanked God and was encouraged. You have people like that in your life. Somebody just comes walking into your life, comes walking into your day, you can, you can just realize, I'm thankful. I feel better today just because I'm being around that person. Those people are gifts from God. And we never want to take them for granted. And so, one of the ways of becoming a more thankful person is to focus on that when somebody comes into your day and you know how much they've impacted you, how much they have blessed you, is to say, Lord, I thank you for John. I thank you for Mary. I thank you for the gift. That they are to me. Think about it now. You have people in your life like that. Have you paused to thank the Lord for that? The more you do that, again, the more you stir up the reservoir and fill the reservoir of thankfulness in your life. Four, choose to thank God in the difficult places. There's the tough one, even for fleas. The word says that Daniel of course, who had had a wonderful time of serving the Lord and then was told, you will no longer do that. You cannot pray as you were praying. It says that Daniel got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God just as he had done before. In other words, he prayed to God when it was going great, and he prayed faithfully to the Lord when it was not going so great. When he was contemplating the possibility of being thrown into a lion's den he still carried on in giving thanks to the Lord. Probably the greatest test for all of us is learning to give thanks in that place of difficulty, that that place of reversal, that place of loss, that place that could cause us to become fearful about outcomes and to say, but Lord, I thank you. My life is in your hands. Oh God, I would be nowhere else but right here in the hollow of your hands. I trust you, Lord. I trust you. Give thanks to God in the difficult places. Then fifth, choose to thank God for his presence and his power in your life. His presence is here with us today, amen? But his presence will be with you tomorrow too, amen? It's nothing like getting together with a corporate body. Nothing quite like that. This is is fantastic. Then when you get out there and you're all alone, you still know the presence of the Lord is with you. And to thank him for that every day. Hallelujah. We read in Matthew 28. Jesus saying, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. We have a rock hard promise. That Jesus is with us at all times and even in the most difficult places. I know I'm probably preaching to the choir here today, but that's good preaching to remind us, okay, very basic. So what we need to remember, because we can be tested in these things various times. And if we will keep these things in mind, I believe God will bless us in ways we could not consider, could not contemplate. So here they are again. Be thankful. Be transformed into a thankful person by giving thanks for God's grace and salvation. Giving thanks for what you have instead of focusing on what you do not have. Give thanks for the people in your life. Give thanks in the difficult places and give thanks for his presence and his power in your life. And then there's this powerful, powerful benefit. Powerful benefit in Colossians 3. This is what happens as a result. And let the peace that comes from Christ Rule in your hearts. And here we go again. And always be thankful. How often? (laughs) Always. I think he's making a point. What do you think? And always be thankful. Thankfulness is linked right there in that verse with the peace that comes from Christ. Ruling in our hearts. Not just hanging around. Ruling in our hearts. Jesus, I give you rule over my life. And one of the ways I will model that and I will demonstrate that, that, that and I will give back to you is by having thankfulness overflow from out of my life. I choose to be thankful. Would you bow your heads with me, please? I just have a simple faith that if this speaks to me, and it does, that it must also to other people here. Uh, some of you are probably going through a very challenging time when maybe it's a little more difficult right now to give thanks. For whatever the reason may be, you believe, you're, you, you know the Lord, you believe in the Lord, but it's tough. It's tough right now to be thankful like you know God wants you to be. I want to pray with you today. And as every head is bowed, eye closed, I'm just simply going to ask for a raise of hands. You will have a sense of how to pray this morning If that's you saying, would you just remember me today, Brother Randall? I want my heart to be filled with thanksgiving even more than it is now. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, mine's up too. Yes, amen, amen. Thank you, you may put them down. And one other question I need to ask, maybe I should have asked this first. You know what? It's difficult to just do these things and be thankful if you don't have the Lord resident in your life. It's all artificial otherwise, and we can't do that on our own. We need his strength, his power. Is there anyone here? Again, no one's looking around. You would say, I don't really know Jesus as my Savior and my Lord in my life, and I need to allow him to be that today. If that's you, would you raise your hand? All right, let's pray. Father, we come to you in this place, people who know how much we need you. We never want to get over the sense of awe and of being overwhelmed by how much you love us. As we look back over our lives and realize how you have been so faithful, Lord, our response, our responsibility is to not just carry on, not just even walk by faith, but it's also to be filled with thanksgiving. Lord, may we please you today. This week, By walking on a new level, a new level of thanksgiving for what you are doing in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray.